This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. What an episode we have today. Holy hell. Um, this might be our first, in fact, it is our first Academy Award winner on the About Last Night podcast. And also... Uh, Owner of Ping Pong Club. That's right. She's uh, multifaceted, multi-talented, as sweet as can be. Uh, I met her while doing shows with my buddy Michael McDonald from Mad TV uh, in New York while we were attending the uh, uh, Spy premiere uh, last summer. And I met her. We all went out to dinner, hit it off. She came with Michael and I to the Spy premiere. Um, and uh, we've just kept in touch. And uh, I was happy we were able to, to make this work. I'm talking about the one and only Susan Sarandon. Yeah, baby. What? I can't even believe some of these people we sit down with. It's, uh, you know what? It, ah, fuck. I don't even know where, whatever. It was amazing. All right. Uh, we talked about, uh, everything from ping pong to Bull Durham to her new movie, The Meddler, which is in theaters in limited release right now, but opens nationwide May 20th. Uh, which stars her, Rose Byrne, our boy Gerard Carmichael, um, Michael McKean, uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, unbelievable movie, by the way. Brad and I got to see an early uh, screening of it. Uh, Susan plays a, uh, a mother who uh, has lost her husband and uh, moves back to uh, be near her daughter. And everybody, you're going to want to call your mom after this. You're going to want to hug your mom. You're going to appreciate your mom more. And you're definitely going to see a lot of your mom in this character that she plays. It was unbelievable. Uh, I know this movie is going to get critical acclaim. Brad and I loved it. Um, Susan kills it. And uh, we talk about that. Uh, it just was, it was a really fun interview. We, uh, we were able to get about 50 or so minutes with her before she filmed James Corden. Um, went to her hotel in Beverly Hills. And, uh, and just had a real nice chat, man. She's the coolest. Uh, making her laugh is uh, is a pretty awesome feeling, and uh, you know there's so much more we wanted to get into, but uh, we discussed a part two down the line, so uh, so that'll be dope. Um, she's on Twitter, so follow Susan on Twitter at Susan Sarandon, and go see the Meddler in theaters right now in LA and New York, I believe, and nationwide May 20th. Uh, and tweet at her, let her know how much you enjoyed the uh, the ALN interview, and then uh, how much you loved her movie. Also, in conjunction with the movie, uh, if you go to omaze.com, O-M-A-Z-E.com, she made these shirts called Call Your Mother shirts, these really dope t-shirts that just say Call Your Mother on them, uh, all sorts of sizes. Um, every shirt that is purchased, uh, a portion of the proceeds uh, go to help a nonprofit called Hope North that helps to educate and heal young victims of Uganda's civil war, including orphans and child soldiers. So... You can't, can't have a better reason to, uh, to get a t-shirt and support uh, a cause. Uh, and the shirts are dope. So go to omaze, O-M-A-Z-E dot com and pick up a shirt and uh, support a great cause. And, and go see The Meddler in theaters May 20th. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Uh, tomorrow and Saturday, I'm in D.C., baby. I'm at the uh, Draft House Comedy, new comedy club in D.C., Washington, D.C. Get your tickets at AdamRayTV.com. I know it said for a minute... 
Arlington Draft House on my website, but uh, it is the DC Draft House. So Draft House Comedy Club in Washington, D.C. Tomorrow, two shows. Saturday, two shows. May 6th and 7th. Come out and see me. I'm bringing Josh Adam Myers from the Goddamn Comedy Jam. I'm bringing my boy Avery Pearson again to do some more musical improv. We did it last week in Laugh Boston, uh, at, La- at Laugh Boston in, in, uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, and it was killer, dude. So uh, really excited about the, uh, the just new... Uh, creative outlets uh, that I'm finding on stage and uh, and Avery uh, is the shit so that's going to be a lot of fun come out and see those shows uh, and then of course May 23rd through the 29th I will be in Las Vegas at the Tropicana headlining Vegas the Tropicana in Las Vegas May 23rd through the 29th get your tickets at AdamRayTV.com Brad Williams this weekend um where is Brad? I don't think he's anywhere this weekend Brad's taking it easy uh, but next weekend you can see Brad in Dayton, Ohio May 12th through the 15th at the Funny Bone, Dayton, Ohio, Brad Williams, May 12th through the 15th. Go see Brad. Tickets at funnybone.com. And then May 20th through the 22nd, Brad is in San Jose at the Improv. May 20th through the 22nd, San Jose Improv, Brad Williams. Get your tickets at bradwilliams.com. Uh, of course, keep tuning in to Separation Anxiety. Love you guys' support. Uh, a handful of episodes are left. TBS, 10 p.m., Tuesday nights. DVR it. Watch it. Love it. Appreciate the support. Um, and, uh, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at ALN Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at ALN Podcast. I'm on Instagram at AdamRay33. Brad is Brad Williams Comic. Uh, EstoyMerchandise.com for all your ALN merch needs. E-S-T-O-Y Merchandise.com. Hats, shirts, mugs, posters. We've been sending out a lot of posters recently, so those are dope. Get all your shit at EstoyMerchandise.com. Uh, speaking of merch, this week's Fan of the Week brought merch for me to sign, uh, in addition to Bradley's signature that she already had, uh, she came to my shows at Laugh Boston, could not have been a sweeter fan, uh, quoted episodes, just was the sweetest ever, uh, had a shirt, had me was wearing the shirt, signed the shirt, uh, was with her husband, uh, they couldn't have been cooler. The fan of the week this week is Don Tavla. Don Tavla. That's right, baby. Send an email to aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com with your address so you can get some free ALN merch courtesy of astoymerchandise.com. Yeah, baby. Thanks for being a supporter, Don. You're the shit. Uh, you know, a lot of ALN fans were out this past weekend, and it's awesome. You guys are, uh, are killing it. And it's, uh, you know, your five-star ratings on iTunes, your comments on the iTunes page. If you haven't done so, do that right now. Helps us climb the charts. We got so many great episodes coming, you guys. I mean, shit, Goo Goo Dolls. This past week, Susan Sarandon today. I mean, Lamorne Morris on Monday from New Girl. Mark Marin, we just locked in a date. It's uh, We're in a nice little streak here, and uh, we've got so many episodes in the can, too. Um, so we're just uh, we're just in a good groove, man. So um, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. To pe- tell them about the Goo Goo Dolls show or the Melissa McCarthy show or the Bobby Lee show or the Brent Morin show who's coming back. Adam Devine, Lisa Kudrow, Whitney Cummings. So many. Um... But uh, but right now, we've got a very special episode. So now that we got the tour dates out of the way, the Twitter handles, the merch info, sit back, relax, and enjoy a very special brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Academy Award winner, Susan Sarandon. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to a dope podcast. Breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you anytime.
It's about last night. What happened to your foot? <laughs> yeah, you're play- yeah, you're playing hurt today. Um, I fell down a mountain in Colombia, hiking, but at the bottom of the mountain, which was much better than the top, and I fractured my ankle, and I got the boot off actually two days ago and did some therapy, and uh, but I realized that if I was warned that if I walked a lot that it could start to hurt, like in the airport I should wear the boot and not have it off, and so yesterday I was doing a show and I had kind of tiny little heels on and was limping by the end, so I really oh, no. had to put it back on. I mean, cool, it, yeah, if you're going to bust your leg, hiking on a mountain in Colombia is a pretty good story. It's, be, you know, it's, be, it's better than a uh, trip, tripped over my schnauzer. I thought It'll, maybe like <laughs> falling off a bar stool making out sounded better. It does. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, random. I, I sprained my ankle falling out of an Uber drunk two weeks ago, and that was definitely a highlight of... Yeah, I mean, maybe you guys might get hurt now. Make out now, mishap. Make out <laughs> mishap. mishap. Yeah. Like that. It's a whole web series yeah. of drunk people just hurting themselves. No, yeah. I was with my son, and and uh, it was definitely toward the end of our stay, so that was clever also. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was just a really bad sprain because it got huge and black. And But then when I got back to the States, I went in and... In fact, it was fractured. <laughs> I'm the same way where I diagnosed. Like, I was playing in a pickup basketball game last night, and I'm convinced that I think I've cra- I have a cracked rib right now because it kind of hurts to breathe. But I don't also, like, my buddies were like, you would really know if it was really no, messed that, up. No, it could be cracked. Yeah. But they can't do anything for it anyway. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, yeah, on, and so on top of that right now. Man up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm convinced I'm a dwarf. I just feel smaller. <laughs> But uh, I don't like. See, my friends are trying to argue me out of it. But like, I'm like, no, I'm I, I really feeling like I'm a little person yeah, right now. It's a so it, 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 it happens. Uh, this is kind of a this is a historic occasion for this podcast. This is the first Academy Award winner that we've had on. Four time loser. <laughs> well, Four-time I mean, winner. <laughs> yeah, and but also the first. Uh, Founder and CEO of a ping pong club. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're we're equally excited for both. It's a big deal. We're opening a new one in San Francisco momentarily. Really? That's a really beautiful club. Mm-hmm. And we just opened one in Chicago. Yeah. And we already have one in Toronto and downtown LA. Yeah, I spent my... Th- and, of I course, s- New York. Yes. I spent my 31st birthday at Spin. Yeah. Which one? Uh, the one in downtown LA. It was, you have to try San Francisco. I, you know what? I want to go to all of them, get a frequent punch card, and maybe like after five visits, I get a free paddle. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> well, what made- I'm really excited because I'm, I'm going to Cannes after this when I get back to New York after I leave here mm-hmm. um, as a L'Oreal representative. Whoa. I'm not quite sure what they expect of me, but a lot of dressing up. Shake your hair in a sexy slow-mo way. Always, and, um, but then I'm I'm going to miss the San Francisco opening because I mean it's already open, but the big party because um, Stiga, who makes our ping pong tables, I mm-hmm. asked them to donate some to the refugee camps in Berlin. Whoa! And we're going to have like four beautiful tables and paddles and everything. Uh, so I'm going to leave Cannes, go over to Berlin, and then I have to go back to Cannes to do something with Gina Davis, but. It's the first time that That's we've like branched into, you know, overseas refugee camps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, so I think it's going to really. We're we're in San Francisco. We're pairing with uh, 
group that deals with um, unhoused populations, and so though they're going to get some tables for homeless people. But um, that's amazing because that wasn't the. <clears throat> I mean, the goal when you set out to. When you started Spin, what we was... We always wanted to make a ping-pong nation, and we are well on our way. <laughs> have, We're have, on our way. Have you always been, like, intrigued with ping-pong, or what? No, or... I'm a propagandist. I don't even... I play poorly. <laughs> I so we're not to... good? What are your skills, like, from one to ten, if we were to play? I haven't played in so long, I don't even know. I'm playing tonight, actually, are on... Uh, with Corden? Yeah. Amazing. Against two children, or with two children, or something. I hope they're against the two children, because <laughs> I think that would be funnier of than course. actually playing. Now, now, will you get competitive to where, like, maybe the first few points you'll do for comedy, and after that, it's like, no, no these, these little guys are going down? This is my downfall. <laughs> I talk, I drink, and I play best under those circumstances, Yeah, but I'm not competitive. I'm not one of those people that, uh, no, I just... Someone asked me recently to write an article about being competitive, and I didn't even, couldn't even understand the concept really. Wow. And, I mean, I'm sure that I am somewhere in me, yeah. in some area of maybe I get jealous yeah. mm-hmm. when I see like people that get parts that I think, oh, I really would have liked to have tried that. But I don't think that's the same as being competitive. Well, I saw the way you looked at Brad when he got the orange mic cover and you got the green one. And I definitely <laughs> thought, there was, I thought we were going to have to stop early. But uh, I, Yeah, I, I thought that growing up with eight siblings... Nine yeah, siblings? I'm one of nine. Yeah, being the eldest of being nine. one of nine, you would... We would be fighting for yeah. food and things. Yeah, you would definitely, <laughs> definitely. be competitive. But mm. not so much for you? But that's being that's survival. That's not the same as oh God, it's zero zero you know, it's right. we're tied. I better like <laughs> you No, know, I, I was in China for spin against I I mean ugh. I went for the Shanghai Film Festival and coincidentally there was a major ping pong tournament that all my partners wanted to be in that was kind of a celebrity thing and it got down to me and it was tied which I didn't even know because, of course, I don't speak Chinese and I had no idea what was going on. And they didn't fill me in and I lost. And I only knew that I'd lost because my team looked completely dejected and the other team was jumping up and down. And it was horrifying. It was, I still dream about, you know, fucking up and losing that. I don't like it at all. Yeah. I don't like to gamble for that reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's that I'm not competitive or I just hate losing. Okay. I just Maybe don't like of, losing. Yeah. I don't like doing something that I can't do really well. Yeah. And um, I'm not OCD enough to really practice. I guess I'm lazy. <laughs> well, so I mean, I say, play for front fun. Yeah. F- fair to say, you have a little bit of a busy schedule. I, w- I would say so. Not too many yeah. times to just sit down and uh, and uh, say I'm going to work on my ping pong skills. For I an love hour and the half. game of ping pong. Sure, anybody can play. Yeah. You never know who's going to be good. It cuts across gender, age, body type, yep. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I love that aspect that you can play until you die. It, you, it's hard to hurt yourself. You know, it's cheap. Well, it depends on how many drinks to. you've had. <laughs> Again, Still, I've tried to hit some do? crazy backhands and fallen downstairs. Yeah, we had we we had an injury at my uh, at my birthday party with someone trying to like lay out like full John McEnroe <laughs> style, and it's like eh, it, 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 it's ping yeah, pong. But not you're not gonna. Break your neck. No, no. You're not gonna like break a leg. It's pretty hard. Uh, are you aware of this story that Jimmy Fallon just told about yeah, Prince? Yeah, I saw Prince was at our club a lot. I ran into Prince at our club. He always would make us 
black out the surveillance cameras in the private room mm -hmm. and he was a very good player and he he would you know in his heels and dressed up and looking great kill you know was and asked me to play and i was like so stupid that <sighs> i said oh i'm not really good enough let me find somebody that could really play with you and oh. i should have just just say just yeah I played a little said, bit because take I, me I yeah. take in me. so many take ways me. all fronts print yeah. i'm not good at ping pong but take me yeah. i mean take me back to your yeah. lair prince Boy, what do you think it's like he took me up on stage once to dance and i brought my boys with me and when i saw him when he was in our club i said do you remember he said, yes i do remember and i remember you brought some boys up with you and i said those were my sons and he went yeah of course i remember that very well and like how many people you know would he he was bringing people up on stage all the time wow. you know it was yeah. i was so sweet that I, I thought he it was great that, that, he memory. Remembered, yeah. that he remembered. I mean, well, was I, yeah, I mean, I played ping pong with Prince. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm when gonna, you say I that. I should just say I did it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, when you say something like that. he's not going to say anything. <laughs> so I should just sure? say, You're fine. everybody knew he went to spin. I should just say, yeah, Jimmy, I did. And I beat him. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it, it, that and if you say it, I, I, will, will people believe you or they think you're on a ayahuasca trip or something? They're like, oh, yeah, sure, you played ping pong with Prince. It doesn't matter to be part of my... <laughs> Oof. So it doesn't matter if they believe me or not. It's just the fact that I can reference it. I see. I wouldn't even think that if Prince played ping pong, he would use a paddle. He 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 would somehow just look at the Some ball Jedi shit, and yeah. it would do exactly what he, he won all the it to time. Do. So maybe he did. Maybe he just meant. You know how he disappeared on Jimmy? Well, he oh, he's otherworldly. Is that true? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, like it, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was pretty. But there's a lot of people that play ping pong that are really interesting people. You know, a lot of. Uh, musicians take tables on the road. Both the brothers of uh, Arcade Fire are really good and oh, wow. very competitive. <laughs> Win and will. Very, very competitive. I'm trying to think of who. Lots of people have tables. And when John Kevorkian came to our club at one point. What? Uh, yeah. Um, he had been out of jail. He was 100 years old. Uh, or something, and um, I had done that thing with Al Pacino about mm -hmm. him, yeah. and he just kept playing, would not stop, but just was like into it, into it. Wow! Yeah, he's a little. Oh, he was a little on the spectrum somewhere. <laughs> Definitely, really, the guy that, that liked to assist in. Uh, well, he didn't like to assist. People. He was trying to change the laws. Let's come on. Yeah, but he, yeah, and he lived through that, but he. You know, he was pretty old at that point because he'd yeah. been in prison for a yeah. while. And then I love that you found a way that e that even with a ping pong club, like you say, you're donating tables to refugee camps. It always seems you, like yeah. that you're finding a charity aspect with a lot of things Well, that just you do. outreach because Spin wants to be part of the community. In New York, we have 60-some schools that now have ping pong as a scholastic sport because we it's deliver awesome. tables. And, and most of the kids, 90-some percent of the kids that joined have never joined anything before so wow it's a it's a great thing for social and totally. also for your mind and yeah so it's very easy sell so spin the idea of spin is to be more than just a nightclub or a club is to be part of the community but we've never done outreach to shelters before so that's new in san francisco and we'll and i just got the idea after my trip to greece dealing with the uh this horrible problem of all these refugees coming from Syria and Afghanistan mm -hmm, yeah. and Iraq, um, I thought, wow, you know, there are these permanent camps. They would be, they don't have anything to do all yeah. the time. There's so many languages that are spoken and 
you know, this would maybe work. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it is such a great unifier too, like because it's such a like you said. Age, shape, size, whatever. Like, any. I remember in seventh grade we had like a rec center and a few tables set up. And I remember I got matched up against a kid who was like, like just bullied me and a bunch of other kids. And all of a sudden we were playing ping pong. And at the end of it we were like, good game. And it kind of like, I don't think we like really jabbed for a while after that because it was kind of like, oh, you play face to face. Yeah. As opposed to bowling, you're wearing your own shoes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just about about anybody, the learning curve is very quick Mm -hmm. to a certain point. And then you, you know, have to actually learn some serves and, and everything else. So it, it is, and a lot of people have played, the rules are pretty simple. And a lot of people have had some experience with it in all different countries. I actually want to, if anybody out there wants to give me money to do this, I want to go, um, I was thinking it would be so much fun to travel all around the world with a photographer and take pictures of all these improvised ping pong tables that are everywhere yeah. you know you find monks playing on big slabs That's a great of idea. stone and other people i know this orphanage that i work with in nepal the kids put these tab- tables together these weird tables or they have uh you know in schools that would be a hell of a coffee table book it'd be fun right? yeah. and then there's some really high-end tables i know ellen degeneres has a beautiful table that's kind of looks like Almost like a, it's polished steel or something, but it it's an art table. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot of different. She bought that with gorgeous. her L'Oreal money, or no, CoverGirl money. CoverGirl, yeah. Money, there could be there could be some pothead somewhere making a makeshift table out of like you know bagel bites and Doritos. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's what would be the cover. Now, was Spin the first title for the club, or was like Susan Sarandon ping pong party? No, time I came option? in later. The Spin, um, these guys had been giving this party and uh, and were had tables, and they wanted to do. There was no nice place to go to play. Yeah, and they thought they were like so cool because they were good at sports, and they were started having these parties and playing. And then they decided to actually go into the ping pong community and got killed by every demographic there was. So then they started learning how to actually play better yeah. and this idea for the club came along and but in the meantime I had hired their editor to help me do a little documentary that I was doing and so I kind of heard about it once it was already their idea and somehow my participation helped legitimize them and then they found a space and so cool and so cool <laughs> <laughs> Now, I mean, like I said, like you talk about all your uh, endeavors in the charity. Uh, were you always a person that sort of liked to give back, or did something spark that? Or uh, yeah, I, I just I always had a sense that I wanted things to be fair. Like even when I had my dolls, I and I knew that they came to life after midnight, so I would obviously take their dresses, so no one had the same best dress all the time. Really? Wait, at what age did this happen? Because my nieces are about to be seven, and they just told me that one of their Barbies came alive and was watching them sleep. <laughs> I mean, were they as on long a as they trip? don't start washing their hands compulsively <laughs> at a certain point? That's fine. Okay. Um, I I played with dolls for way too long. You know, I was very in my head, and luckily was the oldest of nine, so that made me kind of shape up and get more practical. But yeah. I always had some kind of need for justice, and, and uh, you know, I came of age at a time when the issues were really clear because at that point corporate media hadn't taken over, so you could yeah. see what was going on with the uh, desegregation of the South and Vietnam and everything. But I, it just always felt to me that... Um, 
part of being in a tribe was always taking care that part of what you do is to be authentic and kind and generous and that's your job and I've been very lucky and you know it it's very easy for me to cross-pollinate people to get things done mm-hmm. um, which I f- have you know feel great I mean so if I know of a ping pong you know, manufacturer, and I talk to him, and he's willing to, you know, help. Yeah. And there's enough people around that really, if you give them the opportunity, they'll step up. It's, totally. You know, and it makes you feel good to to yeah. be able to ease someone's life a little bit or make a difference one life at a time. I'm not ever going to do anything crazy like run for office where you can't get anything <laughs> done. That attitude. <laughs> never. That is never going to happen. But. Um, you know, it's it's an, there. People have big hearts, and you know, if you ask them or you point something out, they're so. I'm the flashlight that points things out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and lots of other people kind of step in. But when I, you were playing with Dal- was that? Would you do like? Is that where your creativity and kind of uh, I don't know imagination? Uh, well, I did the priest in the masses. I would do that. I and I, but I was very shy, and I wrote things which I thought were plays but really they were had to be movies because they were just jumping from one exotic location Whoa. to the next. Do you still have any of them? No. <laughs> no. Um so I and I would um change lyrics to tunes and do family shows for different holidays and things. Awesome. I was bossy. Really? Within the house but not very pretty quiet outside the house. As far as like what, when you were putting on your play like sit down, show start at seven and at seven oh seven. No, I would rehearse all summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. For what I don't know. I don't think there was ever a performance. <laughs> you <laughs> just you like, never tried to sit down there, like so. all your siblings and try no, to they, do shows? We would, they, we would do different things, you know, but I, what I'm saying is it, it, I, I, I still couldn't, I, I'm not very good at monetizing. <laughs> Even then, I wasn't very good at monetizing. It was just more art for art's sake. Yeah. Performance. I was doing performance yeah. art yeah. And, and, in my house. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Now, uh, uh, your dad was uh, like uh, like a band leader. Um, band singer. He was band a singer, singer in the days of the big bands. And yeah. then he went over to the war and was in charge of uh, entertainment for the troops and wrote skits and did things. And, you know, there was pictures of him with Marlena Dietrich. He introduced Burt Lancaster to his wife, Whoa. who was there doing things. And then when he got out of the service, mm-hmm. um, he impregnated my mother with me and uh and so he tried to kind of calm down and he got involved in the early days of tv and he was a and then after that kind of segued into he became a vp of ogilvy and mather the advertising advertising agency. and yeah. after that series was on i was wondering Mad what was he doing yeah. <laughs> how much did he drink yeah, well, i don't you know he he was he would take the train back to the suburbs of new jersey and I think he was pretty isolated and had pretty boring life. But God knows what was going on <laughs> in New York. So was he? So was he encouraging of you, like putting no, on plays no, 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 and no, things no, like no. that? No. Well, when I, I I was in a few plays in school, and he he was encouraging, but there wasn't really. Um, I I knew I I needed to get out of New Jersey, mm-hmm. and so I and and I wanted to go to college, but the school the high school that I was in was a public high school. Mm. There were five hundred in my class. 
and not very many of them went to college. Whoa. And so I kind of fell through the cracks. I was supposed to go to Emerson, but nobody ever put the money in to reserve my place. Oh, so no. I lost that. Well, they got nine kids. Yeah, <laughs> they got they, things they to had, do. Yeah, and the guidance counselors, I don't think they even had any idea how to even deal with that at that time. That's okay. what I was trying to get Everyone to. was going to v- Vietnam, yeah. you know, so nobody was paying attention in this group to college. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I had grandparents who lived in D.C. Mm-hmm. and a drama teacher who went who left the high school to go to uh, graduate school. Yeah, so she got me into the drama department. I got a job on the switchboard, and I was an undergraduate at the drama department and living with my grandparents, which How's is that? not the college experience that <laughs> yeah. one hopes for. I mean, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to tell grandma and grandpa that you're uh, that you're going to be late coming home because you got a kegger to go to. No, there was no no such. <laughs> experience for me and um you know when i wasn't working i i I was i also cleaned apartments and gave haircuts and stuff to get money i people still owe me money (laughs) by the way and i I I see them again jason barrett des moines iowa (laughs) venmo is a thing get on it (laughs) i i remember i i remember these things no were you a good uh stylist I wasn't a stylist. Okay. I had these scissors that had like teeth, so when you cut hair, they didn't leave lines. It was so it kind of made it much easier. Oh, nice! And people had long hair, so yeah, it was a simple cut. It wasn't. People were coming for one thing. It was a they trim. For the it was Rachel a whatever. Yet. I think yeah. I did more apartment cleaning, and gotcha. clearly they had not washed a dish the entire <laughs> time. And I see now because I see my boys living on their own, and I understand. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's karma. Yeah, <laughs> and around. Uh, and uh, when did you make it out to Hollywood? Uh, I'd done a few movies without ever coming to Hollywood, actually. I, um, my husband that I married my senior year, who was a graduate student, mm-hmm. who, so he was four or five years older and a great guy, really sweet, first man I ever slept with, and I was so grateful I married him so that I would be able to stay in school. Yeah. And then I graduated, and he went to the Long Wharf Theater. And... Um, at the Longmorth, and I did some modeling. Um, and at the Longmorth Theater, he, this woman, Jane Oliver, spotted him. And she, the other client she handled was Sylvester Stallone. Whoa. And okay. she asked him to audition, and he did. And I went with him to the audition, and she said, Well, both of you come back when you're when he was finished with Summerstock and we did and within seven days um he had a job on Broadway in the Rothschilds and I was doing this film called Joe which was the first non-pornographic film that this company had made and <laughs> I mean you gotta start out, somewhere yeah and it turned out to be this big seller big nightmare of everyone at that time and Peter Boyle brought with him a character from Second City because the first guy that was cast as Joe peed on the escalator during his costume fitting at Macy's or something. And so they realized that he was actually insane and they couldn't deal with him. So Maybe they got he thought it was still a porno video. No, he was, uh, I won't mention his name, but he okay. was a legitimate actor. And um, anyway, so Peter came in bringing with him this character. And while they were editing, there was an incident on Wall Street where um, uh, construction workers beat up a bunch of hippies and they got the idea to call it, Joe and to focus on that character, which was really smart because yeah. the rest of the movie was pretty boring. And uh, and it was a huge hit. It was called The Easy Writer of its time. So by that time, I had gone up for another job and, be, and was on a soap opera where I learned mm-hmm. how to work with cameras and how to basically... That was where you got your set experience, you feel like? 
Yeah. 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 You know, it was kind of live, but with cameras. And I was the girl. Everything happened to my catastrophes got larger and larger in the course of a year. <laughs> and was I was it? working with Bill Prince and Augusta Dabney and Stephen Elliott and wow. Susan Sullivan. So they, I was surrounded by good actors, actually. Is it true that uh, a buddy of mine was on Passions for a while and he told me... Was that a nighttime one, though? Was no, it? no, that, that was a that was a daytime soap, and the only yeah. and the only reason why I know that is because there was a part of a little person that I went out for, and uh, lost the part to my buddy Brent. So, uh, so it's Brent, this painful subject. For you. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> so painful, I might start crying. But uh, well, I mean, if, if if Brent is listening, I'm talking to Susan Sarandon right now. So victory, Brad. Okay. <laughs> well, he told me that when you had to like milk a serious moment, that you took a deep breath and acted like you were smelling a fart. Now, is that? Can you confirm? <laughs> That acting. Well, he tactic. obviously went to an acting school, and I did not. So I, I had to figure out my own way. I never knew that. <laughs> your never your knew your that. life could have been so much different if you had just stopped and smelled it, the farts. Yeah, it would have been a faster ascent. So, so you got a lot of experience from that, and then got a lot of experience for that, and did a few more movies while I was still there. Did a Broadway show for uh, of a Gore Vidal um, play called An Evening with Richard Nixon. Uh, which was how my relationship with Gore Vidal started, how he became a friend. And uh, and Chris Sarandon kept working. He did Dog Day Afternoon and got yeah. nominated for an Academy Award for that and, of course, was so good in that that they yeah. never hired him again for anything else because they thought he actually was a transsexual. Really? <laughs> wow. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, to get... Uh Typecast. He's ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. If he came back now and did it, everyone well, would be he like, still has worked. He did the yeah. Princess Bride, many other things, yeah. and he's and continues to work. But at that time, that he did that, and uh, and then I started doing uh, movies. But I don't think I came to California until I was doing the front page, hmm. um, because I remember I was staying at the Chateau Marmont at that time before the Chateau Marmont became. What the Chateau was. Marmont. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was lots of stuff was going on, but there no one was recording it. So right. Oh, yeah. Come and go, and yeah, not wow. be found out. What were some of those nights like? <laughs> um, I don't. You know, the thing that I was just shocked about was I. I'm a New Yorker, right? So I, yeah. I like to walk everywhere, and you can't walk around that area without people thinking you're a hooker. So <laughs> I was always being stopped by the police at best. <laughs> And not dressed, you know, I was like a hippie girl. I wasn't dressed in, you know, you that kind of outfits. Hooker yeah. attire. <laughs> no, I wasn't in hooker attire. Yeah. I was like a very gentle flower girl yeah. person. <clears throat> and I had my cats and I was in, in a, the tinier little, uh, probably cost a fortune now, but the penthouse that was there and... Uh, oh, so you stay? You lived there for a while. Yeah, yeah, I oh, lived wow. there, and I lived there. And then when I was, I, I was going to move out. I'd saved up all my money, and I was moving out the next day into an apartment on that was just below Suns. That was the Sunset Marquee, and someone came in my room at night and took all my money and my diary. And because, of course, I was writing everything in my diary. Sure, and yeah. of course, you take the. Dire. Why, well, why they, they just why took they my take a big, diary? Because they, everything was in my big basket purse. Oh, okay. So I had to go to the set very upset. And um, Walter Matthau just took out, you know, he was a gambler, and he just took out a huge wad of money and peeled me off a bunch of bills and said, pay me back, honey, when you can, you know. Whoa. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, saved my ass. That's incredible. You know who owes you money from back in the day? Did, were you ever able to pay back Walter? <laughs> 
course I did. But he wouldn't have. He was such a sweetheart. He That's so have. great. He seemed like he was the sweetest guy oh, of all time. Oh, the best. Just the best. That was a funny. That was the front page that Billy yeah. Wilder directed yeah. with Jack Lemmon and Walter. And mm-hmm. Also, when I was there, it was the first time I was driving. And the very first time I took, the, I mean, driving in L.A. Right. I took the car out of the Sunset Marquee and onto, what is that street? It's not Sunset. What's below Sunset? Fountain? Fountain. No, Santa not Monica Boulevard. Santa Monica, you know that goes through now the Hollywood that's so gay. Yeah, that's yeah. Santa, that's Monica Santa, Santa Monica Boulevard. So I'm driving along. I get studs to a theater. Not that I've witnessed it. <laughs> I get to a stoplight where there's a bus stop, and and a woman gets off the bench at the bus stop and gets into my car and says, "I'm having some kind of an attack. Please take me to the hospital." Holy and I crap. have no idea where there's anything is. Yeah. So she's guiding me to actually somewhere where she was trying to get her medication, not really having an attack, but it was getting late, and she was afraid she was it was going to close so she wouldn't be able to get her medication. And in the course of this trip, she explains to me that she's Darla of Little Rascals. What? And why she got fired, why she could no longer be on the show because she had grown breasts, and this whole trip about sure. Darla. She's over 10 so years old. So that was my introduction to my first time out on the road. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I mean. And I believe she was Darla. Uh, yeah. I do. That, I don't think you make specific. that up. Yeah. That's an obscure reference just to yeah. pull out like Darla. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing because now you have instances, and I know this has happened to me, where someone has just tried to get in my car because they thought I was their Uber driver. And they just walked right up and said, oh, well, obviously this is my car. And then, like, start to walk in. So that was sort of... Oh, wow. That, yeah, this was pre-Uber. Yeah, obviously. But, yeah, that's... Definitely that, pre-Uber. That's an insane what, experience. Uh, was there anything that uh, Walter and Jack Lemmon... Um, like that? Because that was one of your first movies, right? Well, Joe was my first. Then I think I did um, Waldo Pepper. And right. I think the way that they got interested in me for that was because it was the same period as Waldo Pepper. Gotcha. Um, that was the first one in in L.A. or no? But that was the first one in L.A. Okay. Walter, Walter, Waldo Pepper, I went to Texas. And then I had done something with Sophia Loren, an Italian director that I don't even know. I never could figure out who the director was on that film because everyone was speaking Italian. Yeah. <laughs> there were all these little Italian guys running around, and I, I, I never knew who the director was. <laughs> I was only on for like a week or so. And um, so I had done those films. Joe, that's films, but I that was the first time that I worked in L.A. Was, had uh, did Walter and Jack like? Do they? I mean, do they welcome you with any sort of like advice, or are they just so locked into what they're doing? Walter already? was just the you know very protective and very sweet and kind of funny, you know, just really funny all the time. But yeah. Billy Wilder was upset because I didn't want to go to dailies. He at lunchtime he would have everyone go to dailies and he never did any coverage. I mean, he just knew exactly what he was going to use. So he didn't shoot you know, a long shot, a medium shot and then yeah. close-ups. He would just shoot exactly what he needed. You had to be word perfect. He fired one of the big supporting actors the very first day of shooting because he didn't have his lines. Okay. So you had and he directed with a stopwatch. So he would say, okay. But he loved me. He was so sweet to me. And um, when we did the makeup and hair test, which was four or five days before we started shooting, he 
throughout all my wardrobe because he said uh, she has such a beautiful neck like we've got to see her neck and I was like wow this is Hollywood all right <laughs> this is really cool because in Joe I wore my own clothes and they got shot up and everything and nobody gave me anything to, you know, I was doing my own makeup and hair I was like wow this I now I'm really in Hollywood yeah yeah but I didn't like to go to dailies and because um, I didn't like to see myself and that really hurt his feelings and he wasn't happy about that but I still didn't go to dailies. <laughs> you didn't like you didn't like to watch back your performance. Are you still like no. that? Yeah, I'm still like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it really. Well, I mean, you kind of have to sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's easier to look at stuff now that happened like 40 years ago because yeah. I don't even see it as me anymore. Really? So I can watch and be thinking. Wow, I look so good then. Why didn't I understand that I, <laughs> so that like, I was really pretty? I didn't know that. <laughs> so you can go back and watch like Rocky Horror Picture Show as a fan then. and Well, you just don't have any. It's fun to see people that you worked with or, mm-hmm. you know, I see my daughter and myself Yeah. sometimes when I see these. Because they do compilations like when you're getting a midlife achievement award or something. <laughs> they, uh, you get to see yourself and... and uh, and sometimes it's really fun. You Do you know? almost forget about some of the, or you have a totally. vivid memory? Oh, yeah. Well, I did, you know, honestly, I don't think about it unless someone's asking me about it. I mean, one doesn't get up in the morning and go, oh, yeah, I remember that film. You don't wake up and go, ah, Bull Durham, and yeah. start your day. Yeah. No, but when I see some, like, and also it's just fun to see Kevin. Yeah. You know, to see people that you had a good time with. Yeah, and it's fun to see your uh, your, your your peers grow and succeed along with you. So mm-hmm. now you kind of get to that point later in your careers where you're like, "Holy crap, we actually did it! We actually yeah. we actually did something in this business." Yeah, we survived. <laughs> and it is. It. I mean, it it is survival. It, it, like, was there was that moment where you had different costumes and things like that, where people were uh, making costumes? directly for you was that your holy crap i've made it moment or was there some other time where you're like wow i think i think this is gonna be I my don't career think you ever feel like you made it because there's mm-hmm. so many people that stop working after they've made it <laughs> people <laughs> just don't hire them anymore at a certain point so I've, I've never thought of it that way i mean and in fact i stopped working with my ch- each time i had a kid for like a good year and i always thought well that's probably you thought you took the too much end time off. yeah and then I'd be offered something and it would be okay, you know. But I, I kind of, I never saw my career as an end. I saw it always as a means. So I thought, well, if it stops being fun or if I'm not getting parts, you know, at a certain point I felt overqualified for everything I was getting and I started getting more and more political. And then Bull Durham came along, which was something that I was not overqualified for. She was such a big character that, you know, Mm-hmm. That was that was really a nice gift. Um, okay. It's kind of cool to do that. That's like you know discussed as the greatest sports movie of all time. It's a good movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, where'd you guys shoot that? Durham, North Carolina. Oh yeah. So. Uh, I mean, but he's such a he loves women and he loves the sport and he's such a poet. And even though it was his first movie, Kevin. God bless him, was the one with all the power in that situation. And he right. really stood up for Ron, protected Ron. And also, the, they didn't really want me uh, or Tim. Really? I'm kidding. And uh, it was just that everyone they wanted that was on the list that I wasn't on um, wouldn't read. And Ron really wanted to hear it. Yeah. He wanted to have like a chemistry test. 
Does that, so that I was living in Italy, and I flew myself back. Good move. Which had a, enough time for me to lose my ego about being made to pay my own way and made <laughs> to read because it was just such a good script. And um, so I came back and turned right around because I had a small child at that time, and I wasn't going to leave her behind, and and it worked out. But I would, you know, it was really Kevin who uh, protected yeah. Ron so he could do what he had to do. That doesn't happen all the time. No. Also, I feel like people probably, I mean, just the not wanting to read or, I mean, does that cost people? Can you kind of get too big for yourself in your own head to kind of cost yourself opportunities? Um, yeah, I mean, somebody asked me the other day also about, you know, I heard that such and such got $2 million or $3 million and she came, she did this part in this terrible movie. How do you feel? Doesn't that make you angry that you, you know, in The Meddler, you, you know, was made for this woman's salary <laughs> and uh, and they, you didn't get paid much? And I said, you know, I, actors don't, most of the time do it for the money. I yeah. mean, they might take a money job, but they're not going to turn down a good part no. because they're not getting $2 million. Yeah. So, you know, doesn't that make you mad? That's not really fair. I said, nothing about this business is fair. No, it's it's not, completely it's subjective. All. You know, you just do the best you can with what comes your way and consider it lucky. If you get a shot, you can pull something together like the meddler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's why JK Simmons, after winning the Academy Award, jumped on board and and stayed on board even after he won and Rose Byrne certainly didn't need to do it she was on such a roll but right. you know it was a fun project and and so that's how you make your decisions but you know is it yeah. is there i mean should a woman who's done hardly anything and plays opposite Tom Cruise get Tom Cruise's salary you can't it doesn't go like that yeah, you know, yeah. it just doesn't work that way and uh, and uh, you mentioned the meddler, and uh, we, we both watched it last night. Yeah, and, phenomenal. Uh, you meet, did you like so, it? I loved it. Oh. Yeah. So one of my best friends from college did the music. No way. Yeah, Jonathan Sadoff. But you. Um, oh, cool. It was so good. Yeah, but I and said we, he wanted to call his mom right after. I did. My and mom was overseas, and I was trying to figure out a way. I was like, I wonder if I can send this link to her to watch. It's like and Mother's Day is coming too. Yeah, yeah. I. It's um, when does it come out? First of all. It's out it's now out. Okay. in limited. I mean, it goes wider this weekend. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. It was in L.A. and New York this yeah. one. But it'll week go so wide far. this weekend. May twenty second. Oh, okay, awesome. May twenty second. Go see the it's, go see the meddler with your mom. And, I mean, uh, or siblings. Or yeah, sib- you it, could laugh about your, your mom. relationship with Rose is like my sister and mom to a T. But oh, also, no. like my mom. I mean, it was just like it's, scarily. And I feel like the amount of conversations I've had um, about my mom and I's relationship is almost like ev- everyone can relate to some piece of like what I'm describing to my mom. Like, that's my mom, too. So it's you nailed it's it. It's scary how many people have moms like this. I mean, I'm a meddler and my yeah. kids meddle back. So it's an equal meddling. Yeah, kind well, of I, that's what my mom says every time. She was just, I just flew out to Boston to see, uh, to hang out while I was doing a weekend of shows. And we're sitting there and she's. She told the person at the seafood restaurant that it was my birthday so that I could get something because I'm, my birthday's in a month and she's not going to be with me. Aww. So she wanted to celebrate now. I go, Mom, you lied about my birthday? She goes, yeah, just get a cupcake. It's not a big deal. She goes, I want to spend your birthday with you. Aww, and then I go, but I you love Yeah. And then, she, and then we start bickering. And then I go, I don't want it. And then she goes, well, I'm going to order it and because I want creme brulee. And I'm going to have a bite and have one bite. And then I start bantering with her. And then she goes, see, this is good. Why don't we tape this and put it on TV? That's what she says every time. Well, now. 
love this movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I, but I think it's, you know, it's true it's about that, but it's also about anybody who's been in any kind of relationship that ends, whether it's your kids grown up and they mm-hmm. leave the house or you've been in a divorce or you break up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And now all of that energy that you had, all of being in love that you had, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, you, know, you, it's have, like certain you have to routines. find a new job. You yeah. have to find a new place to put that. And she just doesn't know where to go. And I think we really didn't want it to be called Meddler because it sounds so negative. And I think mm-hmm. what she does is such a, if, you know, we should only err in that way of being so sure. generous to yeah. strangers and everything. But um, they kept the title, and so we have to go on a campaign to make that a positive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you, you, you know what? Like, and I've had I've had these conversations with my mom where I'm like, "You're too much involved in my life." But then you you sit back for a second and you go, "Wait, am I really arguing that my mom loves me too much? Like, like am I getting yeah. upset that she yeah. wants my life to be better and and help me out? Like, when you take a step back from it, and I I, I think. That's what uh, you you kind of see from an outside perspective in this film is it 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 isn't someone trying to bug you it, it's someone yeah, it's not trying a nagger yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it, well that and she doesn't have the answers I mean I feel like sure. she's just consistently inappropriate but she doesn't get it you know she just doesn't get it so it's not that she's saying oh you're so wrong I mean she's not a negative person she it's just that she has so much to give and this guy that she's been with for so long you know she doesn't know what to do with it and then I know it's you know it's hard to start over and find uh, somebody even if you know you haven't been married for your entire life when you break up you know how if you've been in a relationship for any length of time how do you go about it you know you're yeah. it's it's there's scary no rule book for there's no moving on book. or no, how to deal with it or no. and so the best thing is that it's funny <laughs> <laughs> how did you um did were you the first one they came to yeah she came to me and and uh I, I read the script and I thought, oh, there's something here that really moves me. And and then I met with Lorene, the director, and I liked her and I liked, you know, that it meant so much to her. Because that character is based on her mom, right? Yeah, her mom yeah. and the death of her father and so yeah. and the, her boyfriends and everything. So much of the whole ovulation thing is all true. <laughs> is that, that is it really? Uh, yeah. And that's, then, a, uh, that's a fantastic then, scene, by the way. She sent me, well, we won't give it away. Yeah. yeah. And then she sent me a little sizzle, five-minute sizzle reel of the actual mom with the act, every shot-by-shot voiceover that I do in the movie, exactly her mom doing it. And mm-hmm. I just said, oh, my God, this is too great. I have to do this. This yeah. is just Yeah, your best. action was brilliant, by the Thanks. way. Yeah, You nailed it. Thanks. How much did – at this – like, I mean, is that something that you're just so – I mean, you're so skilled at this point that you can just turn it on, or do you do I'll a tell you, honestly, the New Jersey with a little bit of New York thrown in was a... I had my friend Tim Monarch, who's done a lot of accents with me, but we the, the movie couldn't afford to put him on. Mm-hmm. But he did do, on my phone, scene by scene, all the important words and said, not line readings, yeah. really, and kind of fooling around, so I could yeah. listen. And then afterwards... If, when it got cut together, if there was something that really needed to be fixed, 
I could fix right. it. But there were certain things that ad libbed, you know, and there were the thing that was so great, so much fun was to have so many funny stand up comedians and funny yeah, our women. Our boy Gerard was Gerard Carmichael. Gerard, I know. Yeah, and, fantastic. And Brilliant. Michael, uh, Michael you know, McKean. McKean. Oh Mike, God. when he says, you, you know, the Holocaust Museum, and I and I'd ad libbed, <laughs> oh, that, that sounds like fun. You know, <laughs> it, oh, all of that so stuff funny. was, and JK was great at improvising, you know, so, and of course, Rose, yeah. who yeah. has to go from. Angry to crying to sure. laughing to crying to angry. I mean, like in one scene, one Cecily take, Strong's Cecily in it too. Strong. Just so, just so oh, many, so many funny, funny women. So yeah. I was surrounded by people who really added so much and mm-hmm. made it so much fun because we were working. I mean, it was a little over three million dollar film, twenty three days to shoot, no dressing rooms, nothing like that. So to have people around that you knew were there, and if you changed something, they weren't going to stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so there was some improvising. So if I if I had to not worry so much about the accent if it wasn't there, um, then we could fix it. You know, later if yeah. it ended up being really bad, there were a few a few moments that we could could do. But it needed. She's so much that you know it i couldn't have done it without the accent i don't think it would have been it was no, written it was, with an accent yeah. really it was how much of you already just as a mom like do you tap into or like i'm just i'm very curious about your process but um, on this one specifically I, I mean i think that some of you gets in everything but i think more uh, i could what really affected me was this whole idea of starting over i had ended a relationship and i was mm-hmm. feeling kind of fragile too and that definitely leaked in there and and uh the business you know trying to be there for your kids but fucking up and <laughs> embarrassing them i definitely <laughs> related dessert to for them but, and lying about their birthday you know, <laughs> yeah i i have done that by the way <laughs> sure it's a great uh, way to get free I'd cake i'd rather have that though than the alternative yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah. yeah and so i think that Every, I think what Lorene said was it started out as her mom and then it became me and then somewhere down the line it turns into this other person that's neither of us and just kind of gets a life of its own depending on what other people are doing too, you know, depending on what JK brought to the table and I was executive producer, so there were times like there was a part of a scene that was cut that I felt was really important for Rose's character that was a little detail that is something that had actually happened that was such a nice insight yeah. into the generous part of the daughter that was you didn't see in the movie, yeah. you know, because to her credit, she makes that character likable, but she could be a person that's just rolling her eyes all the time and going, oh, mom, no, you know. And she finds a way to do it that isn't like that. But I found something that they had taken out because there was a long scene with JK and I sitting at the kitchen table. And I said, you know, I think you need it for Rose's character. And so I was able to get that put back in and little things like that as a producer. Um, But Lorene also has has really good taste in music. Mm -hmm. And I think... <clears throat> they, she told me that they started after going after Beyonce even before they had anybody in the movie That's writing, writing yeah. letters trying to get there was know, a few songs in there the that, Dolly Parton was really yeah. yeah There, there's a few songs in there and for those who know the business go ooh how did they get that song how did they get like how did they pay for it they did didn't they, <laughs> <laughs> they got that. them That's one um, way. I'm very uh curious like acting with like jk simmons i mean like you know you've been across you know tim curry sean penn costner most mccarthy i mean like is there do you guys just kind of like 
like go, all right, you have your process, I have mine, or do you get together and discuss and run no, lines? No, we didn't or? have any rehearsal. We didn't have any discussion. We didn't have mm-hmm. anything. When you jump in, you just jump in, in this, and go. In this, you just jump in. I mean, sometimes I've been in films where people sit down and it's like Thelma and Louise, you know, there were a lot of particulars that needed to be decided. They didn't know where they were, where they were going specifically. So what accent did we have? How many days was it? You know, there were just basic things like that, but not like mooding up on the spot to try to like, (laughs) um, but JK just showed up and I met him, you know, for the first time during a wardrobe fitting, um, we'd already been shooting for a while He's just great, and he's just present and so sexy because he's just so solid and yeah. kind of – I felt when I saw it, I, the first time I saw it, I thought, I'm crazy, and he is so patient. <laughs> you know, I'm just like jabbering on and on, and he's just so patient and oh, just yeah. looks at me with those big blue eyes just so lovingly, like yeah. any, mm-hmm. any woman would want to be looked at that way. Yeah. And brings a certain kind of – promise because you think she'll be safe with him he's a good <laughs> yeah, guy yeah. she'll good be dude. safe with him and it, yeah it's, it's funny because i when i saw the movie i was thinking back because in jk's oscar speech he told everyone call your mom and dad did he i yeah. can remember oh my god yeah in in his in his oscar speech he goes take the time call your mom and dad so i was wondering as i watched the movie i was like i wonder if that's why he got involved because this is obviously like well, you'd cause. have to talk to him but i <laughs> yeah. think that part of it was you'd never really seen him in a romantic league yeah have you? yeah he's no. always and either he equal dreams but he, <laughs> and he crushed it by the way jk he if you're listening you crushed he's it so good in the movie real quick i, I have to him. ask he's so good everybody's so good it's everybody uh did you eat the weed for real <laughs> um, of course, of course. There you go. No, I Method. was worried because actually, stupidly, one of the reviewers said, oh, well, she wouldn't even be able to move if she ate that much weed. Not true. Not true. Because <laughs> I happened to have had recently done an interview with a pot publication, and I was worried because I know from personal experience you have to heat the weed yeah. in order for it to release what needs to be released. Yeah. So I was worried that I wouldn't be high at all. You know, not high enough. Yeah. Wow. And, um, you played that brilliantly. By so the way. I said, well, how high could she be without heating it? You know? Yeah. And they said, well, if she's a, a fair amount, and also maybe it's kind of a bit of a, since she hasn't smoked before, it's a bit of a psychological high, you know, and, but she def, she gets high, but she would not be. Out of her mind. Well, yeah. she wouldn't be immobilized. Yeah. And let's no. hope it was sativa. <laughs> yeah, you were still able so to converse, which was sweet, but you still, I mean, the way you gazed at those pies was pretty magical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment is when I couldn't get the door open going in. <laughs> God. That was, that was, it, that it, was uh, such uh, a minor thing, uh, but just, it I was, was very, so perfect. I was very proud of that moment. I almost <laughs> yeah. wished I'd done it maybe one beat longer. Because <laughs> I, you know, that would make so much sense to me, just not being able to figure out if you were going in or out. <laughs> right. Right. And I love it because no, cause normally when you see, like, well, not, like sometimes when you see actors play high or drunk, it's just as overly like like yeah. they're doing like Cheech and Chong like we up man like and they don't try to go for the realism of it. Well, I said to Lorraine, I think what should just happen because it wasn't really written. I said, I think I should just be trying to eat everything that's in the grove, mm-hmm. just everything right. I can find. I should there. be eating, you know, <laughs> and so that's 
they just followed me around. I don't even know if we had a permit. You know where USC is, right? Because your son yeah, is going we there to, still, he, right? No, he just graduated. Yeah. So that's where Brad and I went to. And you know yep. that whole row of fast food on Figaro? Yes. So the first time I really got high, I was staying with a buddy uh, in his fraternity when I was auditioning for the theater school. And good idea, get high before you audition for the theater school for the first time. Went down that row, and in my head I go, I'm going to get one thing from every restaurant. <laughs> And I spent two hours going I went to, to McDonald's and got a fry. I went to Taco Bell and got Did a you make your audition. Yeah, and I was oh. sick, and I got into the school <laughs> because I was so like sick that I was like, I have no, no worries, no stress. I was just like, well, I whatever. if I if I get in, I get in. I mean, I still like focused up, but like I now have a I, new stoner uh, goal. <laughs> to, yeah. try, to, to, to try that um, Thank you for doing this. Yes, I love thank you, for you doing guys. This. Nice to see you. Um, the meddler. So th- May twenty second. May 20th, yes. everywhere. Uh, it go, what's that now? In theaters now in select cities. There you go. Go see it. Call your mom and dad. Oh, man. And uh, I want to watch it with my yeah. mom because she's, not, she's one of those people that's not, she's going to turn away. She's going to laugh. I know she's going to cry. She's so emotional. But like one of those things where she's going to be like overwhelmed by how much of her is in. Um, or see it with a date and laugh about your mother's. Yeah. You, know, you, you can talk that about it. It's a good icebreaker. It doesn't have to be just your mom's. I mean, I think You're it's... right. It's for everybody. Like, it totally is. Yeah. Anybody mm-hmm. whose mom is trying to learn how to text. <laughs> <laughs> Trust <laughs> us. that's any a, kind. That's you know, all of us right now. It's a generational kind of when joke. When you fell asleep holding the phone, like my mom, <laughs> is, God, in the voicemails, like literally yeah. I could play you her voicemails and you'd be like, oh cool, I think I said that verbatim him in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot about technology. And yeah. mm-hmm. thank, thank you, Apple, for making it possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Susan. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Show. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We had laughs and stories. Now go listen to more episodes on iTunes or your phone. Subscribe and tell your family and everyone. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? (laughs) Nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.